This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by the Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one, from big leaguers to little leaguers, so make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today. Getting a lot of great feedback on the Rope Trainer from some of our listeners. Um, You know, just everything from the training aspect of it to the use, uh, just warming up before practice or before games or bullpens. Uh, people are finding the the rope report from our good friend Kurt McNabb and everybody at Dirt ba- Dirtbag Baseball Nation very helpful in their usefulness of the rope trainer. Uh, again, just check it out today, theropetrainer.com. You won't be sorry. Great people over there, Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, and, of course, John Smoltz. And I say it all the time. If John Smoltz is going to take a minute out of his Hall of Fame speech to address the growing arm epidemic among youth out there, I think everybody should take a minute and at least hear what the man has to say. So once again, theropetrainer.com. Happy to be back on the uh, the show this week. Got a lot of uh, exciting things planned for you today. Um, You know, as I I move forward with the show each and every week and we tackle whether it be a a tough subject or something going on within the game of baseball that's great, some of the things that are going on that aren't so great, uh, you know, I maintain all the time that if we don't talk about these things, we can't fix them. Um, you know, talking about a tough subject sometimes brings attention to it. And somebody that may not have known any better might learn something. So some of those things are the reasons for why I feel like the conversation has to take place, even if it's not the greatest conversation sometimes. Uh, my guest last week, Paul Reddick, in his wonderful book, 567 Dad, um, you know, <laughs> I was telling somebody that I can't think of a better guy to have on the show and talk to on a regular basis. And I sure hope Paul and I can work something out where he can become a little bit more involved in the show because he gets it. He understands it. Nobody's trained. You know, there's a lot of guys out there that have done a lot of great things. So nobody's going to tell this guy about training or anything because he does it all the time. You know, he's developing guys. He's as, he's helping kids throw harder. He's helping kids do all this stuff. But at the same time, especially when it comes to the youth age, um, we got a good handle on that development along with the relationship portion of this that gets overlooked all too often when it comes to the game of youth baseball. And, you know, I say it, you know, people ask me, hey, you know, I say it all the time. People ask me, they say, hey, you know, my kid, you know, he's a really good baseball person into this. And I say, listen, it's a family decision, man. Don't, it's not just whether or not your kid's any good. You got to realize you're going to spend a lot of time doing this. You're going to be around a lot of families. You're going to have a lot of heartache. You know, baseball's a failure sport, no doubt about it. You're going to have a lot of things that don't go well because you're trying to mesh a bunch of different personalities both on the field and in the stands. So be prepared for all this stuff going in. And that's all we're really trying to do here at Youth Baseball Talk is talk about these conversations. Maybe you pick up something along the way that, 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 you, that helps you handle a situation better than you may have normally. Maybe you handled something and you want to share with us. We're happy to have that as well. Jump in the conversation. Be part of the solution. Don't be one of these people that does nothing but talk about problems but never has a solution. So, um, again, I, I can't tell you how much we welcome that here. And I'm going to tell you how you can do that right here. Uh, you can follow us, youthbaseballtalk.com. That is our website. It's where you can listen to this current show. It's where you can listen to the back episodes. And, again, I, I thank everyone for that. Um, you know, as the show has continued to grow and now we're going on our, you know, we're in our third year 
it amazes me that we still have people listening to the very first show I did almost three years ago. It absolutely blows me away, and thank you for that. Every week when I see my download list, it goes all the way back to the very first show I did, and it's like Netflix. It's like people are binge listening, and I appreciate it. Uh, again, I know every show doesn't address everything for everybody. Um, I'd love to hear more from you on that, and the way you can do that, very simply, you can do it through the website, of course, by contacting us at youthbaseballtalk.com. You can also subscribe to the show through there. Uh, it's very easy to do. You just click subscribe to the podcast. It walks you through. It's absolutely free, um, and you get a notification each time we put out the show. So uh, that's the kind of stuff you can do through the website. You can also help the show through our website. Find that Amazon banner and click it and do your shopping through there. If you do that, we get a very small referral. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, basically, when you click it, you kind of leave us and you go do your shopping on Amazon. But at the end of the day, it really helps us. So, um, you know, if, if you want to keep hearing the show on the air, we need all the help we can get. So please, um, you know, do your shopping with us through Amazon. That'd be great. Social media is a great tool for us to stay in, in cahoots with everybody and, and get involved in some great conversations. It, it allows us to see the really great things that are going on out there. It also, unfortunately, lets us see some of the goofiness. But um, at Podcast Baseball is where you'll find us on Twitter. You can also hit us up on Facebook by simply typing in Youth Baseball Talk. Our ask of you there on both uh, social media platforms is very simple. Like our pages, like our Twitter, uh, follow us on Twitter, like our Facebook page. When you see us share the show through there, if you would just retweet it or just share it through your Facebook group, we would greatly appreciate it. Only because if you're involved in this, you are probably uh, friends with a lot of people, and we're just trying to reach as many people to get the message out as possible. And again, I say this, if we want to communicate, let's get people involved in this thing. Uh, and again, info at youthbaseballtalk.com is how you can reach me with any of your comments, questions, or concerns. Uh, we're new to Instagram, Youth Baseball Talk. Find us on there. Happy to share videos uh, and, and great pictures from the game, especially with the different influencers and just kids in general. Find us there as well, Youth Baseball Talk. Special thanks to lineupmedia.fm for everything they do for us. Um, again, they make us sound like we really know what we're doing here as far as quality is concerned. But at the end of the day, they're the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. They take your entertainment time extremely seriously. If you're into podcasting, and you obviously are, they guarantee you you're going to find another show on there that you'll really enjoy, whether it be in any type of genre, any type of entertainment level, I guarantee you. I have, a, I have another show, uh, Pete Caliendo's baseball show. He does a great job of talking to some of the influencers that are in the national game. You'll learn a lot through Pete's show as well. So, again, there's great choices there at lineupmedia.fm for you. My producer, Brian Crock, does a great job. And, of course, uh, the guy that's been doing some great imagery for us, Andrew Allen, goes without saying. Okay, let's move on to today's show. Um, I'm excited about it. Um, I... Uh, I think that um, as you move forward in the game, and, and, and people that follow the show listen to me talk all the time about where I'm at with my kids. Um, my son is now a sophomore, and, and you know he's kind of you know he's he's going his own way now with baseball, and he's doing a lot of stuff on his own. I'm not having to you know do this, do that with him all the time. It's kind of you know I still have to drive him around. He doesn't have his license yet, but for the most part, he's kind of dr starting to drive the bus, and part of that's maturity. And I'm starting to uh, realize as I see younger kids when I drive by fields and I do this that I'm really, and I, you know, I, I wasn't sure how this was going to go. Man, I'm really missing that youth age. And while I'm kind of enjoying just being a dad, I, I'm, a, I'm a coach, so I miss coaching. I do miss coaching. And any time I get an opportunity to help kids in any format, I do it because I do miss it a lot. Now what I don't miss is some of the unfortunate, some of the off-the-field stuff. A lot of the organizational stuff took a lot of time away from my family and then, and then obligation and thing like, things like that. But at the end of the day, if you're a coach, you love to teach. And if you have any type of skill involved with it, and 
I think I was a pretty good youth coach. Um, you know, I, I feel like I did it for the most part right. I mean, I wasn't perfect, as I've said on here before. I've made a lot of mistakes, but I tried to keep evolving and growing and trying to learn from mistakes. So I felt like I did a pretty good job, and I really do miss the teaching. But I also miss the interaction with them as young men and just fun kids. And um, if I went back and did it all over again, I might focus a little bit more on the funness of that age. Uh, I, I think we did do a lot of fun things, but at the same time, I, I would have made it more of a focus rather than just a product of what we were doing. As I um, was, was thinking about the other day, I was looking at some things that were going on, and I had some people, I jumped in a conversation about some of the tournaments that go on out in, the, in, in this great land of ours. And uh, some people kind of threw my name out there like, hey, this guy is kind of involved with all this. You know, why don't we get his thoughts? And so they, they kind of contacted me, and I got involved in a, a little bit of a conversation through Facebook, which again, I say social media is great, right? But the conversation was about the different, uh, I call them uh, week-long trips, events that you do with your kids. And some of them are things that you plan for. And it just made me think back to a relationship I had with a guy that I really thought a lot about um, when I kind of first started doing this. And uh, I wanted to reach out to him because um, my older boys team took a trip to Cooperstown and it was a lot of fun and we had a blast. I think with every trip, there's, there's, I'm not going to say cons, because let's face it, you're playing baseball, you're on your friends, you're doing this. But I think every trip offers you something a little different. Um, he did the Cooperstown trip. With my younger son's group that I was completely in charge of, we were looking to do something a little different, and we found um, a, a friend of ours had done the trip to Ripken in Myrtle Beach. And they couldn't stop talking about it. So we went ahead and did it. And I got to tell you, it was... It's it, it ultimately, if I ask any of the kids, it was the highlight of our, well, I'm, I'm going to do some quick math here. Let me take off my shoes and socks. So 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Of our seven years together, it was their highlight. Like if I ask them, it was by far their most favorite trip. Now, why is that? Well, number one, let's think about this. They spent a week on the road in a hotel room with all their buddies and their families. They played ball. And when they weren't playing ball, they were either in a helicopter ride, playing miniature golf, checking out some museums. They were on a boardwalk. And more importantly, they were on a beach with their friends. And we, you know, we did all the things and some families. And it, it, it took a village, right? So we had all the families on down there. And it was really an unbelievably awesome week. Now, that's the Myrtle Beach trip. They have other, you know, Ripken has these other things. They have this new beautiful place in the mountains in Tennessee. And then they've got the, the original place in Maryland. So they've got these these venues in these beautiful places, right? But it just got me to thinking about it, and I thought, you know what? There was a great guy at the time that, that helped me with this, and his name was Joe uh, Molinaro. Molinaro. I'm sorry, Molinaro. So <laughs> anyway, uh, he's laughing because he's on the line. But the reality of it is this guy really walked me through the process. At the time, he was just a, a, a regional guy. Now he's a, the, the, the national sales manager. So I wanted to reach out for him because – I got pulled into this conversation and people were asking me my thoughts and I had to be honest with them and tell them I, I liked, listen, no knock on Cooperstown. It was really fun. And, and I've been to other ones too. My son had been a part of some other things where he went away for a few days and did this and that. I, I, I'm just being honest when I say I couldn't compare any of them to Ripken. Now, again, I'm not a dummy. Okay. It, the, the beach, the weather, all that played into that. But the reality of it is the event itself worked because of the same thing. The event was first class. The event was done right. It was a lot of fun. The kids enjoyed it. The competition was good. And the format really worked. I, I, everybody that listens to the show knows that I do, I'm a commissioner in a, in a select league that has 200 teams. We started two years ago. I came up with an idea to do an all-star week for our league. In the all-star week, we do exactly what I learned at Ripken. 
We allow these kids to act like big leaguers for a few days in a nice venue, and they get to feel what that's like with no pressure, and they just get to go have fun. And the parents, because of where we do it, they're just in the stands out in this big minor league stadium with this beautiful brick and the turf, and the parents just sit up there while the kids go down there with their coaches and they do their thing. And it's funny, everybody to all the time, like I get 200 teams send me an email, dude, this is so great, great idea, great idea, and I tell them every time, all I'm just replicating what they did at Ripken but I appreciate it because it does take a lot of work to organize the thing, but really the idea belongs to the people at Ripken. So anyway, I got called into this conversation on Facebook. It went really well. I had some people reach out to me, and while I was sharing this gentleman's information, I thought, you know what? I haven't had him on for a while, so I'm going to give him a call and see if he wants to come on and tell us what's going on with Ripken. So welcome to the show, Joel Molinaro. How are you, sir? Jim, I'm doing great, and um I really love some of the points you hit earlier. Uh, my, my son is now 24, and I look back, and, and we did all the trips like you, you discussed, and you start missing that. Uh, you definitely start missing that 10, 11, 12-year-old age group where it wasn't a business. It was more fun, and, and you really just got to teach the game. And so listening to you talk about that made me think back of some great memories. And like you, uh, I started missing the game a little bit myself because my, my son, as I mentioned, is 24. My daughter is 20. She's playing college softball right now. And um, I love the game of softball just like I love the game of baseball. And it's very funny. Um, even with my busy, crazy, hectic job here at Ripken, um, the local high school where my daughter played for four years gave me a call last year and asked me to come back and be on the coaching staff. And I, I actually coached the freshman softball team at the local high school, and it was one of my most rewarding experiences I've had in years. And it's just something about going back and taking those years, like you talked about, of learning how to be a coach, learning how to be a leader, and being able to take that and transfer that now to a whole group of young ladies, for me this time, that, that I'd never coached before. There's just something about that that just it makes you feel good inside, makes you feel like you're doing something or uh, making something better and, and it was just great memories and, and I'm looking forward to it. I get to do it again this year coming up. So uh, thanks for, thanks for talking about that earlier because it definitely, once you get away from it, you definitely miss it. That's for sure. Well, and I, you know, I look at uh, everything, right. And, and try to figure out, you know, where's the, um, where's the disconnect in baseball sometimes. Right. Like I, 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 I try to figure out like, Okay, if this is all so great, where's the disconnect, right? And, you know, that's mm-hmm. what we try to do on the show. But when we have the opportunity to talk about the positive stuff, it, it's awesome. And really, I think about that week, and again, it was more than just baseball. And I know you guys are in the business of selling an experience and an opportunity for kids yeah. to come and do something. But really, um, you know, and, and I felt like at the time we did a good job of explaining what that experience is. So I want sure. to give you the platform to kind of tell people a little bit about everything that's involved in this experience. But then I also, you know, in thanking you for doing that, I want to give you the opportunity to, to, to really let our listeners know some of the things that you can do for them if they're entertaining this trip. Because I tell everybody, you know, that, that asks my opinion, and I, again, I don't know in what, in what way I ever became an expert on anything because I'm not. But I've done enough of a lot of things that I do also understand that people want to know, like, how we did some things. So the very first thing I tell right. people is, look, you know, it does no good to sit here and, and make it seem like you're going to get something for nothing. So the reality of it is it's not a cheap trip. It's not. It's just not. So get over that. 
But if you want to do this, it's worth it. Now, let's get down to business and and let's get down to the work here. If you want to do something like this, the way we did it was we knew we were going to do this. And if you remember, we talked, we knew we were going to do this for two years. We planned it, and we saved. We did fundraisers, and we cut back a little bit on our yearly budget. You know, there were a couple things we did that we didn't have to do that were extras. We cut back a little bit here. We cut back a little here. We put that money in account. We did an additional fundraiser each year, put that in account. And then we were able to go to the parents and say, look, we can do this trip. And normally it's this much, but because of what you guys did for fundraising and because of we cut back and because we did this, it's only going to cost us this much. And when we did it, parents said, okay. I can afford that, and you know what? We'll go ahead and use that as our vacation because, let's face it, whether you go to Maryland or whether you go to Myrtle Beach or whether you go to Pigeon Forge, I mean, boy, what great destinations. So that well, is the first thing I tell people. So I'm going to let you tell a little bit about uh, sure. the ex- – talk a little bit about the experience first, and then we'll talk about the planning. Well, and I, I appreciate it because the word experience, I think, is the key to Ripken. Um, Cal and Bill – they base everything off of the, what their father taught them. So the, the, the Ripken way is the way we do business here, whether it's myself or whether it's from an entry-level person or a, 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 an intern we have helping us out. We tell them, you know, Cal and Bill do things a certain way because that's the way their dad taught them, and that's the way we do it at this company. And they looked at our events and said, we don't want to be a national championship. We don't want to be a World Series. We want to be an experience. What we want to give kids um, is the opportunity to feel like a major league player. And it might be the the biggest and best trip, like you mentioned about your son, that they ever take as a, as a kid. Or, you know, for those who grow up and, and go and play big leagues or something, they can look back and say, hey, this is how I felt when I was 12 playing at Myrtle Beach or Pigeon Forge. But the experience is what we want you to leave with. It's, it's lifetime family experiences. And, and yes, yeah, so... We have our three facilities. Um, our, our facility in Maryland is mainly weekend business uh, because the population density so much there on the East Coast is, is just so heavy. There, There's a constant need for weekend baseball there, and our complex is great. It looks like a, a miniature Camden Yards, and it's just wonderful with the retro field. But we do one week-long event there in the summer. We call it the Blue Crab event, and that event, Unlike Myrtle Beach and Pigeon Forge, it's not so much based on it being a vacation setup. That's Cal and Bill's backyard. That's where they grew up. So Cal and Bill are very involved with that event. And there's plenty of things to do around there, whether you go down to Baltimore or whether you go to Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia. It's a good place for people to say, hey, I want a baseball-oriented trip where the Ripkins are going to be involved. And we've got a chance to maybe at the beginning or the end of the week go see maybe some sites we've never seen on the on the East Coast. So we feel really good about that. We do that once once every summer in July for 11s, 12s, and 13s. And and so that that's one we're really proud of. But but our vacation destinations, like you mentioned, we we were very uh, very deep in thought of where would we go with these Myrtle Beach and Pigeon Forge and and heck I didn't even know this before I came with the company are both in the top five vacation destinations on the eastern half of the United States and so we thought again like you mentioned no, so many people who are in travel sports don't get a chance to take that family vacation why because they're always at a ballpark so Cal and Bill thought why not combine those two let's give these kids and families a chance to have a great a great com uh, took time at a great complex, great facilities against good competition, 
but also wrap a family vacation around it. So Myrtle Beach, like you mentioned, we're less than two miles from the water. Every kind of theme park, every kind of, um, you know, vacation-oriented thing with restaurants, shopping, everything like that you'd want is right there. Pigeon Forge, uh, our facility is on the side of a mountain, looking down over the town of Pigeon Forge, and there's everything to do there for kids with go-karts and, and miniature golf and things in the mountain. So we looked at it and said, we can't make it to where, like so many of our competitors, you go and play baseball and you go sit at the hotel all day. That's not what we're all about. We want to give you that big league experience on the field, and then we want to give you the big league experience of a, a great family vacation off the field. So like you mentioned, a lot of times for these trips, um, it takes a year or more to plan out ahead. So, for example, our 2018 tournaments are ready to go now for the next summer, next June, July, and August. And believe it or not, we have almost 400 teams already in between our three facilities that, that have signed in, put their deposit in, are planning next year. I'm working with them, helping them start looking at lodging, helping them start planning on things they can do outside of the ballpark. So it, here it is, October, and having almost 400 teams in, you know, we're, we're looking at it going, we've got a lot of planning ahead of us, but this is where we want to be. So the, the quick, you know, Cliff Notes version, that's who we are, that's what we do. And, and, you know, we feel good about the product we give to people. And for someone like you who is so into baseball to be able to still these years after go and tell people, hey, this is the kind of experience we had that that warms my heart every time because I, it makes me know we do a good job and it makes people want to come back to us. Well, again, I, you know, it doesn't do any good to lie to somebody about an experience. You know, it doesn't do any no. good. If if you go somewhere and something, like, uh, I'll use a, an easier example. If you go somewhere and eat food and the food's awful, why would you tell somebody, yeah, it's great? You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I can only go by my experiences. Now, I, I, I think back to numerous experiences that I had with both teams. I had very, and, and I say this, honestly, seven years with both boys, Okay. Where we, and I say we, whereas with my younger son, I was the head honcho. With my older boy, I was the assistant honcho, for lack of a better description. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I had much more influence on the second team. But everybody trusted me, too, and knew how involved I was in all this. So I had a lot of trust on the first team as well. But I didn't make the ultimate decisions. But I will say this. We, we went a ton of places. We did a lot of things. And, I mean, you think about 14 years of doing it. To say that I can count on one hand the number of poor experiences we had at, at, at it. It's pretty good. I would say that's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah. the problem is, in this world we live in, a lot of people remember the five that were bad, right? <laughs> yes, so, you know, and, and that's typically because those, you know, they are what they are. So I say this all the time. I, I look back on our Ripken trip. I can't say anything negative. Now, again, people, I, I'm going to say this to you. If you're that person, and, and I'm just going to be honest, and Joe, I know you appreciate my honesty very much. If you're the person that's going to complain about the price, then just move on. Because, again, you don't get anything nice in this world for nothing. You just don't. And if you think you do, I got a bridge I'll sell you. I got some land I'll sell you. Give me a call. But the reality of it is it's not cheap, but, it's, but, it, but you get what you get now. Listen, I'm not saying everybody, like, like the last time I did this, I got a few people, Jim, I get it, I know, but, man, we don't have that kind of money. I get it. I get it. Okay, so, you know... I don't live in a in, in Candyland where everybody's going to do this. I get it, and I feel bad for those teams. And I wish I could personally help every team experience it. It's just not reality. But again, right. 
if this is something you're entertaining is all I've ever said, and I think it's all you've ever said, if yep. you're going to entertain an experience-type trip that is not inexpensive, give us an opportunity. Now, what I appreciate about you guys is that, and I'm not saying I played any part in this whatsoever, but you guys are no dummies. You've done this a hundred times. But when we talked a long time ago, you guys started finding ways to help people raise money for the trip. Yeah. And, yes. you know, and we did it, and it helped. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Well, you know, we every year we try to look at different things. Cal gets involved um, as much as he can. Every year we try to do something a little bit different. This year we um, we had 150 Cal Ripken autographed jerseys, and then we had 150 Cal Ripken autographed photos. So the first 300 teams, uh, well, the first 150, once they put in their deposit, they earned one of those jerseys. The next 150 earned one of those photos. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, um, but – but in, in the bigger scheme of things, we've learned over the years that if a team takes something like that and says, hey, our team is going to go now and put a little legwork into it. Um, you know, I've had teams who took those jerseys, for example, sold five and ten dollar raffle tickets for them and ended up making three, four five thousand dollars for their trip. I've had people with the photos do the same thing and make two or three grand. You know, they went out and bought a nice frame, made it look nice, things like that. It's an autographed eight by 10 of Cal and, and it's a gorgeous shot. Um, but they go and take that. They put a little bit of legwork in. So if there's a family on the team that says, Hey, we're really having a hard time with this. You know, we'll, can we, can we sell more tickets? You know, can we go to our work? Can we go to our school? Can we talk to our friends and neighbors? And you're, you'll be amazed that it's so much easier to get people to chip in 5 and $10 at a time instead of having somebody write a great big check. Now, that, there's nothing wrong with that. I love it when a sponsor comes through and helps a team and does that. But that doesn't always happen, and it's hard to get. So we try to take some items like that and help uh, with teams that need, need that assistance. And we, we also do it the earlier a team signs up, usually the easier it is to give them something like that. But we, we still um, – one of our greatest things is Cal knew and realized he has great relationships with players in the major leagues. So every week that you're a Ripken experience, there's going to be a former major leaguer at one of those events from Ferguson Jenkins, the Mookie Wilson, the Bill Buckner, Andre Dawson, Roy Holiday, Jim Morris, Brett Saberhagen, Phil Necro, Dale Murphy, Johnny Damon, so on and so forth. This year we had Tim Raines, um, Robbie Alomar, they will go to these events. They'll speak to the teams. They'll take pictures with the teams. And then they do a one-hour question and answer session just with the coaches. They go into the room, just the coaches and that former MLB player. So that's a great experience, right? You can ask them anything you want, whether it's their experiences growing up or locker room stories or how they would train. Um, but those players usually do sign some items for us, some baseball, some photos, maybe some jerseys. We hold those back. And, and when teams come to us and say, we want to do this, but, you know, we, can we have a little help? Can we, we say, you know what, how about we send you out an Andre Dawson signed photo or an Andre Dawson signed ball or a Tim Raines jersey and do those same things we do with the Cal Ripken items. That, every little bit helps. We also have a partner called Flip Give. And if you go to RipkinBaseball.com backslash Flip Give or FlipGive.com backslash Ripken, um, you can go there. And it's really simple. It's, it's You're buying things you'd normally buy, and a little portion of that money goes back to your team account. And we've had teams raise two or three grand, just like you mentioned. They start now signing up, and they use that account all the way up until they make the trip. And those little bits off to the side help their account every time until they make the trip. So 
we look at all those ways to try to save funds. We also have a multi-team discount. So if teams say, hey, you know what, I want to come, and I've got a couple buddies in my area that want to come with us, we'll say, hey, you know what, bring three teams or more, we're going to knock off some money to help that group go uh, to trips you can all be there together. So we, we try to find little ways, and, and you're right. Uh, why lie? We're not inexpensive. But when you're, when you're building 30 and $40 million complexes, when you're having former major leaguers in there, when, when you're playing on these great fields that are field turf that are ready 20 minutes after it rains to play on them again, uh, we do everything top quality. We're not, we, you know, we're not, we're not going to just kind of throw it out there and say, ah, you know, we're going to be like a regular weekend tournament in your backyard. No, we, you know, we're making this an experience for you. So it does take the time. It does take the effort. It does take the fundraising but, but we want to be there every step of the way with you. And I think most of our people in our company take it that seriously. We have a passion about it. Um, heck, we, if you and I wouldn't both have this passion about it three or four years ago, we wouldn't still be talking today. But that's the kind of passion we have about it is we make relationships with the coaches and teams and team moms, and we keep those going for years. And you wouldn't believe how many teams will come with their older son, for example, like yours. And then five years later, I get a call and say, hey, had such a great time. With my older son, we're coming back with, with our younger son now. And that, that's just how Ripken works and how, how our events work. So, yeah, we, we try to do our best to help them raise the funds to come to these events. Well, and again, you know, I appreciate, always appreciate your honesty and everything that's involved in this, for sure. Um, and I, I try to be honest about these types of deals. I, I think they're great. Now, again, I also, you know, I'm a pretty honest guy. I know not everybody can do them. I'm not even going to get into that. I mean, that's, right. you know, that's a silly thing. You know, I get it. I mean, I, I, I understand it. So, you know, with my older boys team, things were different. You know, we, we wrote a much bigger check each family for the first event than we did the second one. So, I mean, it's it just, it's different. I, I, every team is different. But what I like is the personal touch that you give. I say this all the time. When I met you and when I recommend, and, you know, you've had people call you that I've had call you. Um, I say all the time, the reason I I trust him, number one, he started as a salesman, then he was a district guy, now he's the national guy. You don't go from salesman to district to national unless you've done a really good job. And in the business you're in, you you can't live on selling one thing to one person. You've got to do such a good job that they go out and help you do your job for you. Referrals is how this business works uh, in this industry. So, again, I say it, if it was a poor experience... If it was not worth it, if it was not fun, if it was not all this, then you wouldn't be in business and doing what you're doing year after year after year. It only grows by people going around like me. On And, and if you have a platform like I do, not everybody has a platform, but just basically <laughs> telling somebody, hey, this was great. It was awesome. It was worth it. I mean, that's the – if I was – my guess would be, I'm not you, but that would be the biggest compliment I could get, I think, if I was you, is, you know what? Yeah, it was a lot of work. It was two years of planning and then anticipation and, and, and all this, and, and it, was, it was expensive. And you know, if it was a long drive or we had to fly or whatever it was, but when you get done, right. it's worth it. And, and again, I can't honestly, and, and, and again, I try to be honest about the whole thing. I can't speak to Pigeon Forge because I haven't been there, but I hear, I know the team that went that won our contest at that time. Beautiful, unreal. And I've been in the mountains, yeah. so I mean, come on, how can it not be? And, I, and you can see the pictures. I want to go to Maryland because I've never been to the New England, that, that area, and I just want to take my family on a trip up there to see it, like in the fall, the one thing I want to do. But, um, but I can say this. I have been to Myrtle Beach. 
I've been to a lot of places, played a lot of baseball. I've been on vacations in a lot of places. And I can tell you to a man that while our kids were doing their thing, that we had, you know, and we had a nice group, good parents. Basically, we were in a circle on a beach with coolers, chairs, <laughs> everything at like 9 o'clock at night. Waves coming in, a little bit of light from the hotels, kids playing on the beach. And we, I mean, we looked, like, we all looked at one another almost at the same time and said, can you believe we're doing this? Can you even imagine being, and, and I said it a hundred times, can you imagine being 12 right now and this is what you're doing? <laughs> so, again, I, I think back to that all the time. We had a blast. I share it with everybody. I mean, we made a video to say thank you to all our sponsors, and we sent it to them. It was me. I was sitting on a cooler. And, and, and I was in a Hawaiian shirt, and all our kids had Hawaiian shirts on. So me and my assistant coach, I grabbed a guitar, and I cannot play guitar. So I acted like I was playing this guitar. And I just – and I, we, we did it all on – like, it was all like – and again, I admittedly, you know, I was on the beach, so I might have had a, had, a, had a pina colada, okay? So I'm sitting on this cooler, and I act like I'm playing this guitar, and I just start singing Margaritaville. And all the kids in their, 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 their – uh, their their flowered shirts are around yeah. me, and they're all hand and they were rocking and they're singing it. I sing a chorus, then or I sing a line, and then they sing, and then they sing it. And I got to tell you, and then they all ran and jumped in the ocean after the main. It was, I'm telling you, I, I look, I have chills right now because, you know, I say this all the time. I'm done. What do I have yeah. left but memories? And I've got that video. And every now and again, and this is going to sound a little corny, I watch it. And I, these kids now are sophomores. My son's a sophomore. They're all freshmen. Except there's two of them that were sophomores. They're, and, man, I'm, I'm watching these kids, and, they're, man, they're going through a tough time right now. They're growing up. They're trying out for high yep. school baseball. You know, it's not like it used to be, program-based. You know, things have gotten really difficult. And, you know, you see these kids, and you wonder, if are they doing okay? But, man, I go back to that time when they were 12 and 11 years old, and I just think, holy moly. Time of my life, man. What's he say in the movie Risky Business? <laughs> time of your life, huh, kid? So, Hey, listen, you guys do it right. I don't need to, you know, I, I can sit here all day long and sing your praises. You can sit here all day long. At the end of the day, it's going to be like anything else I've ever peddled in my life, anything else I've ever recommended in my life. I'm going to say this. I've had the opportunity to work for some great people, whether it be in, in the show, whether it be through the game of baseball, work, things like that. If I tell you, and I mean this, I, I love my show. I'm never going to get rich doing this show. It's, I'm, I'm completely okay with it. I just want to pay the bills, okay, to do the show because I'm passionate about it. If I make a few bucks, that's great. But I can promise you I'm not getting rich. So the reality of it is who I, who I have my relationship with, they mean a lot to me. But I will tell you this as I sit here today. Nothing's worth my integrity. And all I can tell you is this. If I tell you, and again, I'm not telling you you have to do anything. All I'm saying is is that a guy like Joe, you know, the guys at the, the rope trainer, they deserve an opportunity for your business if you're going to go that direction. So again, if you're in the market and you're looking for something, like I said, if you're looking for training and coaching and all this kind of stuff, I tell you, you got to check out Elite Baseball TV with Justin Stone. If you're in my area and you want to play for a quality program, you go to the St. Louis Pirates and you talk to Rick Strickland, okay? If you want to find out about the rope, check out the theropetrainer.com and listen to Kurt McNabb with Dirtbag Baseball Nation. They're doing some amazing things there. So in this instance, I'm going to tell you, again, if you're entertaining taking a trip, give Joe a call. Joe, how do they do that? Sure, sure. So the, the easiest and best way for you to get the quickest information, 
ripkinbaseball.com. Pretty simple, ripkinbaseball.com. You go there. It's our new site. Uh, it's run, run through Sports Engine. There's drop downs for pretty much everything you can think of. Each facility, uh, Aberdeen, Pigeon Forge, Myrtle Beach, uh, for a tournament search, whatever, it'll, it'll walk you through. We also have, we're doing one week long softball then. I know it's not a big deal for your listeners, maybe, but ripkinsoftball.com. Uh, it's, it's been great. Sold out the last two years. We're excited about that. You can always contact, I'm on Facebook, Joe at Ripkin. Uh, if you go on Facebook, and, and I'll be more than happy to talk to you about anything to do with this, but RipkinBaseball.com. You can also call our 800 number, 888-779-2969. Um, Jim, one thing I wanted to hit on that when, when you were talking about it there, um, you were exactly right. And, I mean, let's face it, we all know who Cal is, and we all know what Cal stands for. And, and I can tell you, from a person who interacts with him from time to time and has gotten the great pleasure of of being around him and hearing him speak to people. He is that quality person and he does want his staff to be that image that he is out there portraying and and giving to the community. That's who he really is. And that's who we try to be. But a a good friend of mine who's been working with me at Ripken for 10 years, he and I were talking about just recently actually. And we said, you know, when looking at this, we feel like we're doing really good things, but you know, in, in the end all be all of things in this world, you know, we're, we're not saving lives. We're not curing cancer. We're not. And he stopped me and he said, you know what, though, Joe, think about in, in your video thing right there. Maybe thinking about it. We're leaving people who are maybe a mom and a dad who are going to look back 20 years from now and look at that video and just get chills and get warm feelings inside thinking about it. We're having kids who might not play past the time they're 13 or 14 years old, who are going to look back and say that family vacation, whether in the mountains or on the beach and, and getting to play with my friends and spending that time were some of the best times of my life. And if that small little bit changes that person for the better or makes them think better thoughts, let's face it in the crazy world we live in, maybe we are doing something good here or there that, that uh, makes a, a little bit of a difference. And, and so that's what we hope to do. And, and, you know, we, I just couldn't be happier. Listen to all the people you just named there from, from Pete Caliendo all the way to the St. Louis Pirates. I, I know I've had interactions with all those groups. I, I've talked to most of them. And the baseball community is a small community, and we all stick together. And you're right. If you don't have, you know, your morals and, and your true beliefs, you know, then, then maybe this isn't the business for you to be in. But I feel like Ripken is one of those companies, and we couldn't be prouder to be a part of your show. And, and hopefully, like we discussed, do some more things here in the near future for your listeners and then also for your community there. So we're really looking forward to it. Check us out at ripkinbaseball.com and we'll be happy to help in any way we can. Well, I want to, um, I want to thank the people that got me involved in the conversation on Facebook. Um, you know, I, again, it just brought back a lot of great memories for me. It was a great time in my life and it's something I'll always remember. So, um, you know, when it comes right down to it, uh, that's what this thing's about. In the end, I say it all the time. I mean, we focus so much sometimes on winning and all those types of things. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I, I ask, you know, I used to say that I asked my older son. Now I ask my younger son, too, because he's at that age. And they don't remember the wins and losses. They really don't. I mean, yeah, nope. they remember, you know, like, like they both said, you know, we won some. We, I remember winning that tournament. Like we won, we won a big tournament in South Haven. And we knew going down there how good the competition was. That meant a lot to those kids because they could look around 
and they saw how good the teams were, and we played really well, and and were able to play the best baseball we've probably ever played as a group, and won an unbelievable tournament. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I I, <laughs> I tell people all the time, I, I'm like I I. I, I don't know why we focus so much on winning. It's for us, yep. not them. You know, people that say, well, they need confidence, any of those kinds of stuff. No, what they need to do is they need to understand what the game's all about. They need to understand the amount of work. They need to understand all that kind of stuff that goes with it. And if you can do that and, and you can really understand it, then, man, it, that makes it so much better. And I'm telling you, I, I, d- listen, I'm not being corny here and saying you got to go to Ripken or even Cooperstown or anywhere to make your life whole over baseball. Again, all I'm saying is if you're entertaining this at all, it's worth it to check into this because it does. It's a lasting memory. I'm telling you. Uh, and if you can't do it, and, and I say this too, this is, the, this is where the conversations always went with those people that say, Jim, I get it, man, but I, we just can't afford it. Okay. But you're, it doesn't stop there for you. Go make some memories doing whatever it is you can do. And I know that's how. Yeah. And again, I, here's, the, here's the big part of this too. If you, I haven't said it in a while, so for new listeners and things like that, I want people to remember something. My whole show is, is inspired by two people. Mike Matheny, the coach for the St. Louis Cardinals, and, his, and, and well, he later wrote a book, but the letter that he wrote to his Little League parents really opened my eyes. And then uh, a friend of mine, after having conversations with him about that, suggested that I read some of the stuff about Cal Ripken and his dad and what they tried to do with the game of baseball. This is what my show's about. Okay, and again, the one thing you said that I promise you out there, I can't promise you you're going to go there and win any games. I can't promise you you're going to go there and get any awards. I can't promise you anything other than this. The one thing you said that I will promise you, everything is done right. Everything is done with your the fact that this is exactly what Joe said. These may be your best memories, and we're going to take it very serious and make sure you guys enjoy it. So that I can promise you. So, again, Joe, thanks. I appreciate it, man. You're you're always a great guest. I've had you on. I know this is probably like the third time I've had you on. I I used to let you come on every year, and um, I've let you come on every year and kind of <laughs> say, I, say, like I like I've been doing this ten years. It just seems like I haven't <laughs> talked to you in a while. But I know you get to come on every year and kind of let us know what's going on with Ripken. But um, you know, uh, I, again, I just encourage everybody to make sure you check it out and, and and make your own decisions. Well, I look forward to working with you in the future. And thanks always for having me on. And if anybody needs anything, RipkinBaseball.com and ask for Joe, and I'll help you in any way I can. Well, hey, you're an awesome dude. I really, really appreciate you and everything you've done for my show and the things that you're doing for kids out there is just amazing. So keep on uh, keep on keeping on, as the man says, and you and I will talk soon. Sound great, my friend? That is Joel Melanero. Uh, let me tell you, a class dude who works really hard – Okay, and he takes what he does very seriously. The one thing that he said that I promise you he, he means is he expects you to have the time of your life while you're there. Um, I, would, I would encourage you to at least check it out. Absolutely check it out. Give it an opportunity. Again, if it's not in your budget, then it's not in your budget. But if you're thinking about it or you think you're close, make sure you get a hold of him and see if there's a way they can help you. They've done a lot of different things to help people. Just give him an opportunity. Hope you enjoyed that. And, uh, and again, I, without question, um, uh, I would recommend it for sure. Uh, let's see. Time to move on to uh, everybody's friend, 
Uh, Kurt McNabb, he does a great job representing the rope trainer, of course. I, you know I talk a lot about the ropetrainer.com. John Smoltz says everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. If I'm you, I'm checking that out. We got a problem here, folks, and these guys are here to try to help. Uh, you've probably heard the show where I did the analytical data on it with, uh, with uh, Chris Verna. They had it scientifically tested. It's making a difference, and they've, they, they've, they've kind of partnered up with Kurt McNabb and Dirtbag Baseball Nation here to bring you an opportunity to see what this thing is really all about. People had said, hey, I get it. I'm not quite sure I know how to use it. I need to do this. I need to do that. So these guys said, okay, all right, if that's, if that's what we need to do, then that's what we're going to do. And they went out and they partnered up with – with, with my man, and I tell you, he has not disappointed. He does a great job. Let's hear what he has for us in store this week on the Rope Report. Of course, brought to you by Kurt McNabb and Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Uh, the title of this one is High Stress Situations That Cause Injuries. We know this. We need to get smarter about it. Let's hear what Kirk has to say on the subject. Holy cow, Dirtbags. The MLB playoffs are off to a great start. I hope you're enjoying them as much as we are here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Hopefully you're enjoying them as well, Jim, even though those cards aren't participating this year. All right, everybody, I want to talk about pitchers only this week on the Rope Report because it's a great time of year to really see how the overall environment for a pitcher on a playoff team changes drastically from offseason to spring training to regular season to the playoffs for them compared to non-playoff pitchers and how the Rope Trainer can become your trusted and reliable friend year-round no matter if you're an MLB or amateur pitcher. I don't have enough time to go deep with my explanation, but I'm going to try and get a key point across. And then like always, if you truly are invested in being the best pitcher, coach or parent you can, then you're going to contact me personally to discuss this in more detail. Time to get our thinking caps on. So again, I want you to realize that whether you're an MLB pitcher or an amateur pitcher, There is constantly varying levels of stress put on your arm year-round. As a pitcher, is there a different mental and physical stress level on you, resulting mostly in your throwing arm during the off-season or playoffs for major leaguers or off-season tournaments and playoffs for amateurs? Think about that. As a pitcher... Is there different mental and physical stress levels during the year? The sheer overload of mental and physical stress we put on ourselves as pitchers or on pitchers as coaches during tournaments and playoffs is incredible. We do this for one simple reason, and that's for the almighty win at that moment in time. Hey, I want my win as much as anybody does, but I know now it's during these times that pitchers break down more than any other because of this added stress. When I say breakdown, I don't mean we see it immediately every time. In fact, most times with pros, it's the next spring training or during the next season. For example, Aroldis Chapman this year because he trains year-round to be a one-inning guy, but then he got into the playoffs last year and got used for more than one inning repeatedly. And just like an amateur pitcher, He isn't going to say no and let his manager and team down or miss out on winning the World Series like he did with the Cubs last year. But as we know, he he did miss time this year because of arm issues. And believe me, it's all related. It catches up with you. Let's see how he comes back next year because the same is happening with the Yankees in this year's playoffs. He is just one example of this. 
In amateur pitchers, arm injuries usually happen much quicker because they're not physically strong enough, and a lot of the times the injuries are far more severe because, just like a pro pitcher, they're going to keep throwing for their team, coach, their parents, and the almighty trophy. Great character traits as a teammate, and we call them a team player, but ultimately disastrous as an individual trying to avoid injury. This is the number one reason I get from a player that meets me for the first time and says, I don't want to be a pitcher. It's not that they don't like pitching. It's because a coach overused or abused them, and they've sustained arm pain or an actual arm injury, which is basically the same. They're completely afraid because they don't want to feel this pain anymore. And this is an absolute shame, and we have to stop doing it. Now that I have you thinking properly about the reality of stress levels varying during the off-season and in-season, I can give you another example of why I believe in the rope trainer as a must-part of your overall development training system. You all know my goal is to create sustainability within every single player we work with directly or indirectly in regards to the throwing. The rope trainer can work as your mental and physical training buddy anytime year-round. Yes, it will teach you to repeat your throwing motion, but to me, more importantly than that, it has the potential to teach you to learn to mentally feel when you throw correct or incorrect. Why do I keep harping on this week after week? I keep harping on it because you're the only person who is going to truly care about you 100% of the time. Only you know what feels right and what feels wrong when you're throwing And you need to learn to rely on yourself in order to keep doing what you're doing if you're throwing strikes or be able to make the proper adjustment in order to get back to throwing strikes repeatedly. Once you completely understand your body and what it needs to do to throw correct, you will then be able to have the chance to keep moving up levels in this game because you're going to be in total control mentally and physically. Be honest with yourself. doesn't matter what the task we are doing is pitching or taking a test in school, when we understand our subject matter and how or what's needed to accomplish it successfully, our stress level goes down or at least stays controllable. But when we don't understand our subject matter or how our body must work when pitching, your stress level will always go up and the overall level varies drastically based on the perceived importance of the game or the situation. Stress creates tight muscles and a brain spinning out of control, which leads to bad mechanics, which leads to extra stress on your arm, and unfortunately, injuries. As coaches or parents, you have to stop training them, and you have, or sorry, you must start training them to think and feel for themselves what's right and wrong, and stop wanting to be the focal point of their development. Yes, this takes extra time. For them to learn. But I can guarantee you it works. And they will love this game more. Because I see it with the pitchers I work with. As well as the other positions. uh, Players that we work with. Again. They learn my throwing program. And then the rope trainer becomes an integral part of it moving forward. Because I no longer have to supervise them all the time. But I know they're getting great quality repetition in. And they feel empowerment because they are accomplishing this on their own without me constantly badgering them to do it. I really want to keep going on this subject, but unfortunately I'm out of time. 
So thank you for continuing to email or call us about all things throwing, pitching, and rope trainer related. It's the only way we can help you become the dirtbag player, coach, or parent you want to be. Together, we will continue to create this amazing movement called Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Remember, please tell your friends, players, and teammates about Dirtbag Baseball Nation, the Rope Trainer, and the Rope Report on Youth Baseball Talk. Two, send any questions you have to us at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com or contact me by phone at 519-836-6369. Three, if you have the Rope Trainer already, I need you to send us a video or photo of you using it so we can post it on our social media pages. Four, to get your own rope trainer, I need you to go to www.dirtbagbaseballnation.com and then scroll down to the rope trainer, click on it, make sure to enter Dirtbag5, Dirtbag the number 5 at checkout so that we know you heard about it here on the rope report. Five, if you haven't already, I'm asking you to please go to at Dirtbag Baseball Nation on Facebook and Instagram and like and follow us to keep up to date with us. Thanks as always for having me, Jim, and thanks to Earl and the team at The Rope Trainer. I'm Kirk McNabb, and until next week, cheer hard, play hard, coach hard, and let's get dirty. Great stuff as always from my man, Kurt McNabb. And again, as I can, you know, I, I say this all the time, he never disappoints. His passion for what he's doing uh, is second to none. And if I'm going to believe in somebody and I'm going to do, I want them to care as much about it as I do, right? So this is your guy, man. Kurt McNabb does a great job. They couldn't have picked a better guy to represent him. And at the end of the day, I'm telling you, I, I, I just love what he's doing. So make sure you check him out uh, at Dirtbag Baseball Nation and, of course, theropetrainer.com. Couldn't do the show without him. All right, let's hear from Justin Stone with his EliteBaseball.TV training tip of the week. I think you guys are going to like this one. I like the title. This is a hot topic lately. Uh, you hear it all the way from Little You hear it from 8U Baseball all the way up to the pros. Uh, I love the title of this one. What is up with all these strikeouts lately? So let's hear from Justin and find out what's going on within the swing in the game of baseball. Take it away, Justin. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here with EliteBaseball.TV tip of the week. And this week, we're going to talk about a growing trend in curiosity in the baseball industry. And Buster only tweeted out during the Yankees-Indians Divisional Series game last night that Aaron Judge had struck out 15 times in a series. And Tony Gwynn, in one year, only struck out 15 times in a particular season. So why is it acceptable today for strikeout numbers to continue to increase? And should this be something that's acceptable at the youth level, in the amateur level of baseball? So for me to answer that, I'm going to first give you a little history lesson. The game has changed and evolved as more sabermetrics have come into the game of baseball. Where at one time, the home run title, yes, still a coveted piece of our baseball history, but also the batting average title each year was something that was very relished. And we know now that batting average isn't always the biggest indicator of offensive team success. And stats today in the Moneyball era, like OPS, and ISO power and slugging percentage are a bigger indicator oftentimes of how the team offense is going to do. So as we go forward, there's been a more of an emphasis on run-producing stats than just isolating batting average into the team success. So with this, strikeouts become more acceptable. And only if a player brings something else to the table. 
So in Aaron Judge's case, where the OPS is over 1,000, hits a lot of home runs, has a lot, of, a lot of RBIs, that makes the strikeouts a little more acceptable for his game. But you don't see a ton of just sheer contact hitters in the game today like you did in the 70s and 80s, where they might have a decent batting average, but the OPS would be very low, extra base hits would be very low, and those hitters have kind of gone by the wayside in the game of baseball. For the simple fact is teams now know they don't produce as many runs. In the rare instance, you'll have somebody just completely outstanding in the defensive side of the game bringing something else to the table of saving runs for their team, but that's a pretty rare occasion. So what's this mean for you, for the youth coach, for the dad? Is it acceptable for my 9- to 12-year-old in travel ball to be striking out a ton if he, too, has big power potential? And the answer might surprise you. It's no. Because what we found, as a college coach that I was when I was recruiting, I equate this very much so like a pro scout, the swing and miss rate of youth and amateur players does not translate well to the very highest levels of baseball. It is alarming. It is a red flag to scouts if we have players that have a large swing and miss rate at the amateur level. For the simple fact that we know that pitching is going to get a lot better as you get older. You know, those scouts are looking for the 90-mile-an-hour arm plus for a reason. It's another reason why strikeout numbers are so much higher today. In the big league game, from the sixth inning on, you're seeing a power arm coming out of the bullpen that's throwing 96 or above. Because of that, strikeout numbers are going to tend to be a little bit higher than what they were in the 70s or 80s, where a 90-mile-an-hour arm was your closer. So it's a little bit different in today's game. But we do need to teach a two-strike approach. And it was interesting for me, spending time with the Cubs in Fall Instructional League, that that is something that is taught in their organization. I think Anthony Rizzo is a great example of what they were teaching their young Latin American hitters, guys in A-ball, of what the standard should be. And in a two-strike approach, simply what we're doing is making our normal move a little bit smaller. It's going to increase our chances of putting the ball in play. And what we found, which was an interesting stat to me, is that balls put in play at the big league level with two strikes, it's a 315 average. That's really, really high. A chance of something good happening if I simply put the ball in play. So we're making a smaller move, we're keeping our same move, and we're trying to emphasize we are going to put a ball in play. And then they showed an interesting video. The two biggest hits in the Cubs' history happen to be ground balls, fighting balls off in a two-strike situation. One of a World Series last year. Ben Zobris from the left side battling some nasty Indians pitching. Ground ball goes through the six-hole. They end up winning the World Series. So there is a two-strike approach that has to be worked on. It has to be drilled of getting used to making your same move a smaller way and trying to put balls in play. So for the youth coach, as you watch the trends in the big league game, it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing for my team. A bunch of guys that are free swingers that are striking out a lot aren't necessarily going to help my team win games, nor is it going to put them in a, in a good place for future development and longevity in the game of baseball. We need to lower that swing and miss rate, knowing that power will come later. Want proof of that? Go back and look at Mike Trout and Miguel Cabrera's A-ball stats. They weren't hitting 40 home runs at that time. They knew how to hit. And that power will come later as players develop, become more seasoned hitters, and get stronger, of course, as they get older. So let's teach our kids how to hit first, and the power part of the game will come as we progress into the game. And to check out that two-strike approach, that's something that we emphasize greatly in our EliteBaseball.tv 12-week sequential hitting plan. Check that out in our new online program where you can work one-on-one -on -one with me throughout this offseason and get a detailed practice plan that you can use 
throughout, specifically geared towards yourself. Until next week, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv, and we'll see you on the field. Great stuff, as always, from my man, Justin Stone, and the gang over there at EliteBaseball.tv. He does such a great job, of course. Uh, you guys have heard from his, uh, his cohort and kind, Travis Kerber, over there. He does such a great job. But, again, Justin Stone, one of the tops in the nation. And, again, you could do a whole lot better than checking out EliteBaseball.tv. Uh, Rick Strickland off this week. Uh, my man uh, deserving a little time off. He's a dad, too, and he's spending some time with his kids and, and doing some stuff. So just taking a week off. Again, I do encourage you to check out uh, St. Louis Pirates Nation. Rick Strickland Baseball, if you Google it, you're going to see a lot of his great videos where he's, 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 he's really into the technology of the hitting, kind of like Justin is. And I'm telling you, these guys are making a difference for a lot of kids and teaching them how to, how to do some things that they just couldn't do before. So make sure you check out Rick Strickland. You know, he's brought to you each week by Blast Motion and, of course, the great group over at St. Louis Pirates Nation. That's going to do it for us this week. Again, I hope you found our, our conversation today interesting, uh, learning a little bit about the Ripken experience. I get a lot of questions about it. Sometimes it's good to do this so that you can kind of hear it for yourself. I hope you guys contact Joe. He's great at what he does. He's passionate about it. He's going to hook you up the right way. Check it out. Uh, again, I, and if you've been to one or if you're going to one, get a hold of me at that info at youthbaseballtalk.com email address. I'd love to chronicle your journey with you and share it with our listeners so that they can really kind of live it with you and kind of help them a little bit too along their way and you could share some things. Don't forget to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Find us on Facebook at Youth Baseball Talk and again on Instagram at Youth Baseball Talk as well. Thanks again to lineupmedia.fm, the fastest growing podcast company on the planet. Don't forget to check us out at our website at youthbaseballtalk.com and do your internet shopping at Amazon for us. That'll help keep the show going. Special thanks again to Brian Crock and Andrew Allen. This is Jim with Youth Baseball Talk. I'll see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.